Welcome to the Perimenopausal Mamas Podcast for hormonal mamas who want to reclaim their own natural state of health to thrive and raise healthy kids. I'm Dr. Lisa Weeks, naturopathic doctor in Toronto, Canada. I'm a perimenopausal mama to my toddler named Stuart. And I'm Dr. Tony Reed. I'm a naturopathic doctor, birth doula, and hypnobirthing educator in Calgary, Alberta. And I'm a perimenopausal mama to my little girl, Frankie. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not meant to substitute professional medical advice. Always consult with your licensed healthcare provider. Welcome back, everyone, to the Perimenopausal Mamas podcast. This is Dr. Tony, and I'm here with Dr. Lisa today. Yay! <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I, I'm good to good to be with you again, Lisa. Um, awesome. Today we are we're we're going to talk about um, some of the benefits, maybe the silver linings of going through perimenopause and menopause, because I mean, for, you know, the previous 180 episodes, I think we've talked a lot about some of the negatives that, uh, that you can experience in perimenopause, um, you know, that time frame, you know, it can be anywhere from 10 years or more of hormone fluctuations that you can experience until you get to menopause, which again, technically menopause being 12 months after your last menstrual period, there can be a lot that we go through with those hormone fluctuations. I mean, you know, hot flashes, night sweats, uh, problems with sleep, anxiety, periods all over the place, <laughs> you know, heavy periods, um, all sorts of things. And uh, as we shared in a previous episode, I have managed to get to the other side of perimenopause. I'm now officially a menopausal mama. And let me tell you, mamas out there, um, just keep your eye on the prize. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Things are great over here in menopause land. And that's what we want to share with you. Again, all of those benefits that you can expect and look forward to once you go through perimenopause. Right, Lisa? Yeah, that's so good to hear because I'm still in it. So, you know, I'm through where things seem to be okay, but you know, it can change every several months. Sometimes I feel like I'm menopausal and getting hot flashes. Other months I'm like, oh my gosh, my PMS is like raging. My periods are really heavy. Um, So I still have that unpredictability, um, but it's good to know, Tony, that things kind of settle down once you've passed this, this challenging transition period. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I just want all of you to know, too, I'm not just some unicorn, uh, menopausal unicorn out there, too. There was, um, you know, we found a survey that was commissioned by a Health Plus Plus magazine. Now, I don't know how many um, postmenopausal women they actually surveyed. And 72% of them said that they feel like they are just as attractive as before. 82% feel as feminine as before, 80% feel an overwhelming sense of freedom, and uh, 60% feel better than ever before. So, oh, and from that survey as well, uh, they um, found that the average postmenopausal woman feels 10 years younger than her real age. 
I love that. Yeah, I definitely feel like I'm not postmenopausal, but I feel like I'm 35, even though I'm 45. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I definitely feel like I'm in my 30s. I, I sometimes forget I'm in my 40s. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but do you agree with those statements, Tony? Are you feeling, you know, just as attractive, as feminine? Like, what are you experiencing right now on the other you know, side? Yeah, uh, like, I feel great. And I mean, definitely you can go back and listen to that that previous episode if you want to get a little bit more details. But I mean, I I really don't feel that much difference. I mean, I definitely feel a huge sense of freedom. I and I do feel like my health is as good as it has been. Um, I still absolutely still feel very feminine. Um, and again, the, the attractiveness, I mean, that, that piece maybe always needs a, or maybe it ebbs and flows, right? Sometimes you, you feel like you're rocking it and sometimes not. I mean, I'm in that place. So yeah, I think we can all, can all resonate with that. And I think the interesting thing about, you know, for me, perimenopause and menopause is I'm not as concerned about how I look, right? It used to be, I wanted to present a certain way, every, you know, everything had to match. I had to have the right jewelry on and I'm like, I want to look decent, but I need to be comfortable. <laughs> and that, I really don't care what other people think as, as you know, it, to some extent, obviously there's a little bit of it, but it's way less than what it was before. That's the hugest piece. And I think that might have really come for me after I had um, my daughter, Frankie. So, uh, you know, it wasn't, yeah, it was definitely when I was, you know, again, in that perimenopausal, but even like postpartum stage where it was just a lot of like effort, like I, I, I don't care as much or if at all to certain things that I cared a lot about. <laughs> Totally, totally. Yep. <laughs> it's interesting how things um, shift for sure. And there is, like you said, yeah, that freedom. It's like another, it's like a second act, people are calling it, right? So it's a chance to go. Normally, we're focusing on, you know, responsibilities, career, family before menopause. And then through perimenopause, we are sometimes forced to pay more attention to our bodies and listen to them and nurture them in new and unique ways and prioritize ourselves and our health. And then once, you know, we've gone through those challenges, then focusing on birthing and being creative in different ways, right? So many women have started next, like their second career, their next act in their 40s, 50s, even older, which is amazing. So it's not all downhill. Absolutely. And um, Christian Northrup is a um, obstetrician gynecologist, um, a medical doctor down in the States. And she's written a, a few books. Um, I mean, uh, Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, The Wisdom of Menopause, Goddesses Never Age. Um, and I, I love a little quote from her where she says, we are meant to begin life anew around the biological marker of our last menstrual period. That's I fantastic. I love that. Yeah. And she talks a lot about, um, you know, at this age, it, it is giving up any illusions or ideas of what we thought our life was going to be like and not saying anybody's life is bad or good, but it most likely it's different than maybe what you imagined it would be when you were a child. So we, you know, give up those illusions and we reinvent ourselves moving forward. Um, we need to tap into our soul, our spirit, our innate desires, and we need to grow and change um, and 
put effort into into manifesting new things. And she talks about she had to decide whether to grow or die, you know, during the menopausal time and her choice was to grow. Um, and she talks about how women's identities and self-esteems are generated by, you know, how we associate with others and our relationships before menopause. Um, even, you know, if you're a CEO, you're in a high-powered position. Um, but when we look at going through menopause, then we go, we go more outwards. We expand more. We explore more. We become more creative. We have more self-esteem. Um, so it's interesting that that, you know, we might be focusing kind of in relationships and in our own kind of ecosystem. But then in menopause, and I see this with so many women, they're doing more things, they're connecting with other ladies, they're trying new hobbies, new adventures, they're traveling, um, they're doing a lot of new and exciting things and having lots of adventures. So I think that's a good way to look at it. Absolutely. And, you know, and it'll definitely look different depending on where you are in your life and even where you are in your family. I mean, you know, I definitely have perimenopausal friends where, um, you know, their kids are really grown already. They've graduated high school, even, you know, almost graduating university where, you know, I have a five-year-old. Um, so, you know, it's a little bit different, but I still really agree with that piece of, you know, really looking more outward instead of having just more of that massive focus inward and on the family as well. It's just, it is a matter of looking at that balance and that, that give and take given kind of the, the younger age of, of kids where you're at. So that's true. Cause we are, a, I think a unique generation having kids older. So some of these things, you know, might not totally apply, but I think I, I you know, I do still see that in myself and in others as well. Um, picking up new interests, fitting in time for things that you maybe didn't have time for when the kids were even younger. Um, and there's a great quote by Margaret Mead. So she says, there is no more creative force in the world than a menopausal woman with zest. So I love that. So yeah, you might not feel like zestful or vital every day, but you know, you're, you're going to get that back and you're going to have hints of it as you're going through perimenopause. So as we talked about menstrual cycle awareness, if you're still getting a period, how to tap into your rhythms and ride those waves when you're feeling really good and then rest when you're not feeling so good. So we can link back to that episode too. I think that's a real game changer for women to start to tap into those rhythms and work with them, not against them, because I used to work against them all the time. But in perimenopause, I'm forced to work with them and accept it. <laughs> Absolutely. And especially going into menopause and not having that menstrual cycle happening, I really am looking more at the moon cycle and looking at that energy and how it, it impacts my energy and working with that energy. I think that's so key, especially in this place where we can really look at, and I know that I'm really looking at um, really using my power and and stepping into my power as well. So um, so that's awesome. And And then there's like, so many also physical benefits of getting into menopause that you might not necessarily think of when you're kind of in the weeds of the perimenopause hormone fluctuations. But I mean, just again, like, and that, that word freedom is so is just like top, I think top of mind and top of the list, because when you're not having a period anymore, 
<laughs> there's there's so much freedom around that. There's, you know, you have again, you're spending less money on products around your period, no more pads or tampons or panty liners or period cups or, you know, period panties or anything like that. Like and, you know, women can spend, you know, $120 or even more per year on those kind of products. Not only do you save money on that, you're not having to worry about carrying them around <laughs> and making sure that you have the right product. So then there's also like less worry about not only having that product available, but also worrying about leaks. And again, this was a big one for me because I definitely had heavier periods, you know, throughout my life. So it was always a concern about leaks, um, having leaking through pants or staining sheets or all of those things. So it's like, I can wear white pants whenever I want. (laughs) Amazing, right? So that's awesome. Um, and especially with, you know, uh, no more periods, you're not having kind of the hormonal fluctuations around PMS. And so, and everyone's PMS can look a little bit different, um, whether it's, um, bloating or mood irritability or sadness, or again, some women having menstrual migraines that that's where those can definitely go away, um, when you get into menopause. And all things to look forward to. And especially when you're not having a period, you're not bleeding, you're not losing iron. So you have more energy because you will definitely have less iron deficiency and anemia as well. So Mm-hmm. So those are some really good physical benefits. And we touched on some of the, you know, mental, emotional of letting go of caring as much about what other people think and really prioritizing yourself, like you might be forced to because you're dealing with some of these symptoms and perimenopause, but then you might be fine, but you just want to put some more energy and time into yourself and doing the things that you enjoy. And, you know, I think definition of this success can change as we go through our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, before it was for me, you know, doing as much as I can making more money, obviously, these are nice um, benefits to what we're doing, Um, getting recognition. um, But now it's more yes, I want to do those things, but I want to feel good while I'm doing it. So it's not at all costs of me burning out and not sleeping enough and pushing too hard day in and day out. So we, we strike some semblance of a of a balance, right? We know when to push and pull and when to rest. So that can be really beneficial. And I know a lot of women may start to grieve kind of what they had in their 20s with their physical body, you know, potentially how luscious their hair was, how their skin was soft, and it didn't have wrinkles or their body was a certain way. So there can be some of that grieving because there are changes. That's just what happens. But some women think back to what they had to do to maintain that or, you know, focusing on that maybe more than other things and realizing when we get older, well, maybe I I look at, but did I really feel good inside? And was I doing those things for the right reason? So sometimes that can be um, a wake up call and being like, you know what, I'm loving my body where it is right now. I appreciate what it's done for me and given me, you know, whether if you've had a baby, it's given, helping me to go through that experience. It's helping me move around and be in this world. Um, So I think our perception shifts of our priorities and what, what is important and what we deem as successful. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, grief can definitely be a piece of it. Um, And even, you know, that piece of grieving the fact that you uh, no longer have uh, for your fertility, you no longer have that um, ability or chance to get pregnant and have a lot of another baby. And that was, you know, something that I've gone through, even sometimes it can that wave of grief can come back. And that's okay, to to feel that there's nothing wrong with that. I was even having um, a conversation with a, a colleague at, at an event this weekend, where, you know, she has her kids are already, you know, teenagers, um, like pretty much grown up. And, and she did express that like, oh no, like I, I can't, I'm, I'm no longer able to have a baby again. And it's like, yeah, you know, you can feel that. And, and that's where, again, maybe it is that, that piece of, of, um, that yearning for being a, a grandma and, and, uh, having our kids have kids is, you know, a piece of that whole kind of cycle of life too. When, um, you know, when previously, you know, if you have, older kids that that they would be of the age um to kind of start thinking about that but again that's way too young for us so it is that's right yeah so <laughs> i'm a six-year-old you have a five-year-old i have a six-year-old they're you know not even physically possible to have kids yet yeah. and then you know if they want kids is you know their choice obviously but um i think it's a great time too so instead of you know being able to emotionally or like physically birth a baby people are birthing new careers or new acts into their life, their creative energy is going into something new. And we've heard a lot about different women who have reinvented themselves. Um, for example, Vera Wang, do you say Vera Wang? Vera Wang. Oh, Vera Wang. Yeah. I've got the perimenopause brain today. Vera Wang. <laughs> so bear with me. At age 40, she left Ralph Lauren to become an independent designer. And she's a huge name um, on her own now. Uh, Toni Morrison published her first book just before her 40th birthday. When, whereas uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder didn't publish her first novel until she was 65. So there's a whole host of, um, should we go through some other examples, Toni, of women? Yeah. Started over or done something huge. Absolutely. You know, uh, Regina King um, is an actress, and at age 49, um, she was the first female director to have a feature film premiered at the Venice Film Festival. That's amazing. Thinking about Julia Child. Um, her first cookbook wasn't pu- published until she was 49. Uh, and I mean, there's, um, activist Tarana Burke who started the Me Too movement. Um, you know, she, uh, she was, you know, 44 when that campaign went viral in 2017. So again, like some really powerful women that especially, you know, um, Laura Ingalls Wilder, the author of Little House on the Prairie, I had no idea that, again, she didn't publish her books until she was older. So you think of, again, these really powerful women. And yeah, you don't have to start when you're young. Sometimes, you know, different magazines and and, um, organizations will kind of have a like top 40 under 40, which is great. It's wonderful to celebrate the accomplishments of young women and, and, and young people. And we still have a lot of life left and we still have um, some real ability to, again, like you said, birth these new projects and, and, and be creative and, you know, focus on, on so many other things that we can accomplish as well. 
Oh, and um, it's speaking of, you know, birthing as well. Yeah, we're not going to be having babies when we're in menopause. And again, when we get back to the idea of freedom, that can provide a whole new level of freedom when we're talking about sex. Because I find that, again, so often we're having sex and we're desperately either trying to get pregnant or desperately trying not to get pregnant. Um, probably most more of your life was spent desperately trying not to get pregnant. When you're in menopause, you, you don't get pregnant. So that kind of freedom and letting go around sex can make sense. sex so much more enjoyable. And often you're at a place where you're more confident, when you're more open to asking for what you want. So a lot of women, and I mean, I've heard this before as well, say that they're having the best sex of their lives in menopause. Amazing. And, you know, we know there are there are symptoms of, you know, vaginal dryness, but we've talked about ways to um, support that when uh, Teresa Isabel Diaz was on the podcast. So I know that can be, you know, a wrench thrown in there. But then, you know, with support, it can be such a liberating and empowering time and just uh, more enjoyable. So that's definitely something to look forward to. Um, and I've been very interested and I want to dive deeper into this, but looking at how different cultural cultures, populations, um, groups view menopause and what their thoughts and beliefs are around it. So I did a, a bit of a internet search and I came up with a study called Menopause and Indigenous Women in Canada, the current research, although it was from 2010, so it's not that current right now. It was um, published by the National Collaborating Centre for Aboriginal Health. Um, and this was looking at what is the view of menopause in Indigenous populations. And they first of all realized that there definitely needs to be more studies and research done in this population in Canada. I'm sure we can tap into and learn so much um, from their experience and knowledge. Um, they do have more research published on menopause from Indigenous women in other countries, um, but not very many in Canada. But they did note that um, Mohawk women who felt in synchrony, meaning like they felt connected in, with their partners, families, friends, communities um, at the menopausal stage of life found like felt that this stage of life was where they should be. So they weren't revolting against it. They were just, you know, accepting what they were going through. And for the Mohawk women that felt out of synchrony with partners, friends, family, community, etc., they were more often uncomfortable are unhappy at this stage of life. And I think I see this, you know, a lot too with patients. And, you know, we know community, our relationships, our social support will influence our mental, physical health as well. So we want to, you know, build that up as much as possible. Um, and then this is seen as a positive time in the Maori women of New Zealand. So they are, you know, given increased prestige and influence as they go through menopause and enter into post-menopause. They participate more fully in rituals and ceremonies. They become arbiters of community standards. Um, and so many women are seen as being more wise. They gain more status in the community. Um, but I think in the Western world, it's interesting because a a lot of, you know, priority is put on how women look, but it seems like, you know, other places may focus on the wisdom attained. So I think that was really interesting to see. 
And I mean, that's where I love the idea that where we can really take back the narrative around perimenopause, menopause, um, and aging in terms of really embracing the wisdom and, and again, that prestige of being an elder instead of focusing on, you know, losing some perceived um, power or, uh, or again, benefit of youth and, um, and not only, you know, and also looking young, and and as well as being young. So I, again, I love that I, um, that, that ability to really, again, embrace where we are at with our aging instead of trying to hold on to something of our youth and 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 you know wasting our energy on that I agree. Yeah. So I really want to dive deeper into to this. And I was like, oh, maybe I should write a book on different cultures and, you know, how menopausal women are viewed and treated and what roles they step into. So that I was out for a walk today. I'm like, that would be an interesting project. So I'm gonna, that's amazing, I'm gonna, Lisa. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to put that out there and hopefully it involves travel, paid travel. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all you have to do is put it out there and then you can make it, you can make travel a part of it too. So (laughs) I'm calling out any listeners, if you yourself or you know someone who has, you know, a different um, perception or ideas about menopause and how it's celebrated in your culture or other cultures or um, groups or communities, uh, reach out to me on Instagram. I'd love to have a chat. Awesome. I love that, Lisa. Um, anything else that we didn't cover? I mean, especially when, when, you know, talking about perimenopause brain, we've talked about in a previous episode that we'll link to the show notes, how your memory will return to your pre-perimenopausal levels in, in your post-menopausal time. So it happens. (laughs) Yay. Yay. (laughs) Thank goodness. Um, also I get a there's a really large number of women who will experience uterine fibroids. But again, often those will shrink in menopause as well, too. So again, another thing that um, is a real benefit to getting through to the other side. I love all of this. So I think we've covered lots of good things about transitioning and ending, you know, up in post-menopause. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There are major silver linings to shift focus and attention um, back on ourselves um, and just birth into the world, maybe what we didn't focus or have time for before. So I love that. So do you think we covered everything, Tony? Absolutely. Okay, well, let's share. We'll move to the next part of our episode. And um, I'm going to ask you, I almost called you Stuart again. I've done that in a previous episode. (laughs) (laughs) Tony, not Stuart. Can you share yours for a moment, please? (laughs) Yes, I will, Lisa. Maybe I'll put like Tony, Tony, Tony in our notes around this point. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Supermom moment. Um, Well, as we're recording today, it is Frankie's fifth birthday. Birthday. So wow. we had a big birthday party yesterday on the weekend for her. 
and and we managed to pull it off. We, you know, we went big this year. Um, this was, you know, previous birthdays have always just been small, just a few family, just a few friends. This time we, you know, booked out um, a lovely uh, park picnic site in in one of the beautiful parks in Calgary along the in the river valley. And we invited over 50 people and over 50 people came. So we fed them. We got a big old cake and, um, and it was really, it was quite hot out. It was much hotter than I expected. So thankfully the shade came in and, um, and we were along the river and got to dip our feet in the river, um, in the Bow River, which is, um, just a, a lovely, um, you know, river that comes from the mountains and got to spend lots of time with friends and family and gather. And it was great to be outside and, and, and we did it. <laughs> You deserve a big pat on the back, Tony. It's hard when you're organizing a birthday party and there's so many people, but but you pulled it off. So definitely a super mom moment. And happy birthday, Frankie. Yeah, we had lots of fun. She had lots of fun for her birthday and she's having lots of fun on her birthday today too. Oh, that's great. So glad to hear. <laughs> yeah. And Lisa, I know you're an amazing mom, especially recently. And do you have a mama mess up to share with us? Sure, sure. So this could be like a thing that ebbs and flows, but really getting Stuart involved with chores. And so we drop the ball a little bit. You know, he does help out and we ask him here and there, but it wasn't as structured as it has been in the past. And um, he was home a little bit more and able to do a little less activity because he had a possible mild concussion. He got hit in the head with a soccer ball and, and got a couple of headaches, but he seems to be fine. We really, you know, back into activities and screens and did all the things. So it's been about almost two weeks ago it happened. So um, we're happy he's doing fine and there's no signs or symptoms of anything lingering. So they always say, you know, when in doubt, sit out. So that's what we did for him. But when he was home and not doing as much activity, um, we did get him more involved in the yard work and helping out with the housework a bit more. He, he loves cleaning the outdoor table with the vinegar and water solution. He goes and gets the chairs to put on the patio chairs so or like the cushions to put on the patio chairs so he's getting more involved and then I remembered that I got this Melissa and Doug chore board a magnetic chore board from a garage sale a couple of years ago so I just pulled that out this morning and we're starting to pick tasks and jobs he can do and then he gets a little special magnet that says like super job or magnificent you know it's like a schedule for the week whenever he does that task so he seemed excited about it and it was easier for him to get things done this morning because he knew he was going to put that magnet on the little square. So um, it is a mama mess up, but I think it's turning into a super mom moment. And we did get him to help when we went up to the cottage to get it ready for the summer. So we even helped vacuum the car not related to the cottage, but um, cleaning the barbecue. He carried the ladder all the way down to the dock. He was really proud of himself. So um, mess up turning into a super mom moment. I think that's great, Lisa. Sometimes we just need those reminders, right? We can fall off track and you just get back on. So, and you did that. Awesome. That's right. Thanks. <laughs> um, and Tony, what's your mama must have? What are you loving? Well, what I'm loving right now, especially since we're really into more summer weather here, especially spending so much time outside is I am loving my hammock camping chair. 
I happened to spot it at Costco one day and just was like, we need that. Um, and so it's, so it's great. It's, it's just a lovely chair. It's Frankie loves it too. You can just swing in it and it breaks down. So you just can take it anywhere. So we use it in the backyard. We use it for picnics. We use it when going um, out camping. So um, that's definitely my mama must have for uh, for now. It's really comfy. Nice. And the swinging, I guess, is so soothing for kids too, right? Kids that are having like sensory issues or ADD, ADHD, I think that can really help too. So I know that's um, not Frankie as far as I know, but there's some added benefits to having some swinging apparatus as we saw when we had babies, right? And put them in the swing chairs. So I'll have to check that out. Definitely. Now, how about you, Lisa? What's your mama must have for this week? Yeah, so talking about learning to tap into my rhythms, I know I can't work out every day. And I didn't necessarily work out every day, but almost every day. But I now get a bit sore, it takes you know a little longer to recover. So when I take a rest day from my workouts, I'll still walk those days. But in the morning, instead of my workout, I'll do um, it's like about a 13 minute um, morning awakening kundalini where you're sitting and stretching and ending with breath of fire. So it's great to kind of wake up the body, loosen everything up and then energize with the breath. And then if I have time, I'll follow it with like an 11 minute Wim Hof um, guided breathing exercise on YouTube where it's involving, you know, breathing and then breath holds as well. And I feel so good after I do it. So even if I just do one of those or part of it or one cycle of the breath work, uh, my nervous system, you know, I feel awake and alert, but also calm at the same time. And I'm not so achy in the morning. So we can link to those in the show notes if you're interested. That's perfect. Uh, so uh, let me share a little bit what else is happening with us. I'm taking a break over the summer with hypnobirthing, but again, I'll be back in the fall for my next hypnobirthing session for expecting parents looking to decrease fear and anxiety and support their natural instincts around labor and birth. So you can join me at hypnobirthingcalgary.com slash register. And you can also join Dr. Lisa's Facebook group, Wild Woman Adventures Toronto, if you want to get out in nature and connect with other women and push yourself out of your comfort zone. So thanks so much for joining us today. Again, our show notes are at perimenopausalmamas.com. You can email us, connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love for you to subscribe, leave us a review and a five-star rating. If you enjoyed this episode, you can also support us by visiting our Patreon page and by telling your perimenopausal mama friends about us too. Sharing is caring. So stay safe and healthy, everyone. Until next time.